0: Anderson Afternoons, the podcast.
1: Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Please rate the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, and now the podcast. And, of course, it has become a daily staple, the 11 a.m. Manitoba Health Update, and our Diana Foxall was there.
0: Yes. uh, So, Kelly some kind of good news we don't have any new cases of covid19 in Manitoba since yesterday so right now Manitoba has recorded seven cases all of those cases are now confirmed so the ones we got over the weekend were presumptive they have now been confirmed but there haven't been any new cases since the most recent were announced yesterday so yesterday the province actually tested upwards of 400 people for covid 19 all of those results have come back negative so they're now at the point where they're kind of testing hundreds of people each day and so far the only people who have have tested positive are those who actually came back from overseas. So Chief Provincial Public Health Officer Dr. Brent Roussin says if you've traveled recently you should kind of self-isolate for two weeks as per the government's
2: guidelines. Public Health continues to recommend that all international travelers returning to Canada should self-isolate and self-monitor for symptoms for 14 days after returning uh, to Canada. Work is underway to finalize guidelines for healthcare workers and other critical infrastructure workers who uh, return from international travel uh, to ensure uh, um, uh, we address any impacts on essential services.
0: So that testing is currently being done at four centers in Winnipeg, and there's just they're opening up one in Thompson today, especially uh, screening for COVID nineteen. So here in the city, we've got a couple: uh, access Winnipeg West on Booth Drive, access Fort Garry on Plaza, Mount Carmel Clinic on Main Street, and access Transcona on Regent. But uh, over the last four days, those screening centers have seen 1,200 or so patients, um, and Healthlinks is obviously really, really busy as well. Yesterday, we were told they got 1,700 calls, um, the average wait time yesterday, upwards of two hours. So they have been able to chip away at that a little bit. The average wait time for health links is now about an hour, 43 minutes. So you are still waiting for quite some time if you're calling in. Um, Now the province is also working on an online screening tool to help take some pressure off those phone lines. That's going to be rolling out hopefully over the coming days, Um, but no official date set for that yet. Uh, We have heard, however, that medical students are stepping up with all this going on. Lynette Siragusa, is provincial lead on health system integration says she kind of put the call out over the weekend to get medical students and nursing students involved. And so far, she says pretty good success rate. We sent um, we had within two hours,
3: I think, 140 medical students who were going to go off to the access centers to help as well as we have nurses student nurses going into health links today so I suspect over the coming weeks there's going to be a lot of unsung heroes who show up and I think we should really acknowledge their contribution and dedication and uh, so I'm going to keep giving you updates on stories of success and, and commitment because it's,
0: it's quite inspiring and amazing from my perspective. So, of course, we heard late last week that uh, the province is going to mandate schools suspend their classes, K-12 schools, that is, independent, public, whatever, uh, starting on March 23rd, so next Monday for a period of three weeks, so that's one week on either side of the planned spring break. Now, at the same time, daycares right now, as we're hearing, are still going to be remaining open. Here is what Dr. Brent Rusin had to say on the daycare situation.
2: Uh, Following consultation with public health, all licensed childcare facilities uh, are remaining open at this time. I have to stress that this situation is uh, evolving rapidly. We're reviewing the data. We're reviewing the actions of other jurisdictions constantly. And so um, uh, we'll amend our recommendations based on information we receive. uh, And so uh, we'll communicate any changes to the public as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, so, and and we've heard from some daycare people. They're, you know, they're quite concerned. How does a three-year-old or even a 5 year old understand social distancing.
0: Absolutely and that's yeah. what I've heard from from daycare workers over the weekend. I mean, if you take the kids out of schools that's great, but if there's still kids in daycares of yeah. course that's also a risk.
1: The counter argument though is how many of those kids traveled overseas. And as and we've been hearing from Manitoba Health you know the common thread for the seven presumptive slash uh, now confirmed, confirmed cases. cases. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would would all be connected by international travel?
0: Exactly, and we're hearing it's not even so much being on an airplane. It's just that someone's picking right. it up from overseas. They're not necessarily transmitting it or receiving it on an airplane. It really is that overseas travel that we are seeing as the common thread here in Manitoba.
1: Diana Foxall, thank you for this. Thank you, Kelly. I want to get to our next guest, uh, the executive director of the Manitoba Trucking Association, Terry Shaw. And uh, good afternoon, Mr. Shaw. Welcome back to CJOB. I know you were on earlier with uh, uh, McGarry and McNabb and Mackling uh, working from his home. Uh, But now that we have a little bit of context uh, from the address of the prime minister from earlier today, uh, what have you been able to sort out from your end?
4: Yeah, uh, thanks, Kelly. Hi. Uh, We're getting a bit more clarity, still some questions to be answered, and we're working with our Canadian Trucking Alliance partners in that regard. We did hear uh, Prime Minister Trudeau um, and Deputy Prime Minister Freeland uh, make mention that, you know, the borders are open for commercial goods movement. Um, There was some questions around um, Canadian citizens and permanent residents relative to those who uh, are working as truck drivers under a work permit. So we're trying to clarify that for our members. Um, But beyond that, uh, their statements uh, were positive in regards to, um, you know, the considerations that we in the trucking industry have been looking for.
1: Right. Uh, There's the understanding uh, that, as I mentioned just in the previous segment, we have to do everything that we possibly can uh, to prevent the spread. Uh, We know we can't win the battle totally, but we can certainly minimize it. But there still has to be trade and commerce going on while we're doing that.
4: Absolutely, for for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, economically, uh, it just, again, North America, as uh, the Prime Minister alluded to, is very interconnected, uh, which is why, uh, you know, we're reading between the lines um, in, in assuming that's why the border has been left open to U.S. citizens. U.S. truck drivers come into Manitoba, Canadian truck drivers go down into the United States, um, so that makes sense to us. So uh, outside of the underlying economic considerations, even if you remove those, and that would be incredibly damaging, we're already seeing the damage to our economy from this situation. Um, The simple fact is, you know, we need medicines and supplies and goods and and food. Um, So even outside of the economic considerations, there's just pure and practical um, kind of quality of life and, and you know, having society um, continue on as we understand it and know it, um, and that relies on truck transportation. So, again, um, good news uh, that the borders will remain open for now.
1: How are how are things for uh, the truckers right now, Terry? I, I can imagine it is every bit as stressful and anxious for them as it is for many of us working in our industries.
4: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, Being in the trucking industry and specifically, you know, our our truck driver team members, it's already challenging work. Um, And so when you add uncertainty um, and, uh, you know, kind of constantly changing rules of engagement, um, that makes that, um, uh, you know, greater uncertainty that much more challenging. Um, You know, our truck drivers, uh, they're folks, they have families, um, they have, you know, their concerns and and their, their, um, you know, uh, fears, I guess, in, in regards to, you know, how do I stay safe and, and elements like that. And so, again, we are promoting uh, to our members, and we know our members are all over this because we've seen the notices coming. Um, they understand the the current health protocols, right? You know, if you're feeling ill, stay at home. Otherwise, wash your hands, social distance, all that good stuff. So we're very confident in our industry members uh, to be able to take those precautions. And then from there, it's just a question of what are the rules of engagement, uh, you know, for me as a truck driver out on the roads. Uh, some good news today, some, still some questions to be answered. But, um, you know, again, we were happy with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's announcement.
1: I'm, I'm not wanting to put you into a sharp turn here uh, on an icy road to boot. But uh, I, you know, So I don't know if you have the numbers available or not, Terry, but uh, what would a normal week be of, of uh, Manitoba truckers going uh, across uh, the border compared to what it is right now and what you anticipate? anticipate rather, it might be, uh, I, I'm remiss to say, a week, even a few days from now.
4: I don't. I couldn't tell you what it, it is or will be, um, and I would even uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin to guess. But I, you know, uh, in terms of you know commerce uh, and goods movement, um, the port of Emerson alone, let alone all the other land crossings um, between Canada and the United States, the port of Emerson alone sees something like 400,000 commercial vehicles make that crossing every year. Um, You know, economically, um, our province, over half of our gross domestic product here in Manitoba, um, uh, is accounted for by trade-related activity, something like $37 billion. Um, $37 billion over 365 days. It's like $100 million a day. These are big, big numbers that we were talking about. So even slowing those down will have dramatic impact, uh, let alone, you know, should knock on wood and god forbid those um you know come to a full stop
1: right now you mentioned social distancing terry so uh on an on an average delivery uh you know the the trucker would roll up to the warehouse doors or or wherever it is they are going uh would they just simply have to honk their horn stay in the cab wait for it to get unloaded and then roll out again
4: Again, it, it, every, um, every job site, every shipper, every receiver is different. Um, we know not only are, our, our, we're, we're confident not only are our industry members taking precautions, that, uh, but those that we serve uh, we know will be as well. Um, so, again, truck drivers spend a significant portion of their day in their truck. Um, they're still connected. You know, they've got electronics and phones and uh, in-cab messaging and things like that. But when they do get to those shippers' receivers... There is opportunities to interact. And so, again, our, our industry members are working with our drivers out on the road to ensure that they're uh, engaging in those protocols appropriately. Um, but, you know, the, the blessing and the curse of being a truck driver is uh, there are already inherent uh, opportunities for social distancing um, because of the nature of the work. Um, so they do interact uh, most certainly with folks, but the nature of those interactions... Are, are quite varied. And so we're encouraging all our members and our truck drivers to stay safe out there and, and follow current health and safety protocols.
1: All right, I guess maybe the biggest challenge right now might be to find a restaurant that's open because uh, that, that's where the main social interaction comes in for a truck driver.
4: Absolutely. Well, one of anyways, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of our truck drivers, they, they're well-stocked and, and they're, you know, prepared and, and equipped for life on the road. So, you know, they'll they'll have their, their in-truck, their in-cab entertainment communications, and they've also got their, their kind of food and supplies, typically, uh, in my experience anyway. So opportunities to interact at the truck stop, et cetera, uh, are interesting. Just need to make sure that we're engaging uh, in them, you know, again, uh, with current protocols in mind.
1: Terry, thank you for this, and uh, we certainly hope that the, uh, the big wheels continue to roll. Yeah, us too. Thanks, Kelly. You bet. Terry Shaw, the Executive Director of the Manitoba Trucking Association as the prime minister was saying, and we've heard from others as well, we don't have to be lonely through this. Even though we're being urged to keep a social distance from one another, that doesn't mean that we can't have a smile. That doesn't mean that we can't exchange a a phone call or an email or a text or whatever. Stay in touch with everybody, that's for sure. Well, with schools throughout the province suspending classes for a three-week period beginning next Monday, March the 23rd, I would imagine the scramble is on for childcare in those situations where there aren't grandparents or friends or neighbors who can lend a hand. Now, there are support networks forming, but there probably aren't nearly enough to ease the stress level being felt out there. And when I say networks, I'm talking about groups of people who know each other and say, listen, I have to work from 4 till 12, but I can help look after some kids you know, from 8 till till 2 in the afternoon. And, and somebody else maybe is working during the day, but then they can help out at night. Uh, so this morning, we here at Global News received an email from a mom in the Steinbach area, who very soon is going to be launching a mobile app that will pair desperate parents with providers. Her name is Jill Gruninger, and I had a chance to speak with her earlier today. I am
3: a mother of eight beautiful children, And I have gone through, I think, every kind of scenario that you probably could think of, you know, being a young mom to having more kids to trying to work, being a stay-at-home mom, and also myself have run a few um, in-home daycares. Sorry, in-home daycares. And um, I also worked as a teacher's assistant in the classroom back in Alberta and as well in uh, preschool here in Manitoba when we moved here. So I've been able to kind of see the whole kind of spectrum of the needs and, and disconnects that um, that are in the system. And kind of a year ago, I was back in that situation trying to figure out um, something that I could do around my husband's schedule and be able to help, um, you know, financially and also do something that, that I found that I enjoyed. So um, kind of fast forward to this moment, as I've been thinking about this over the last year and connecting with people and figuring out how I could actually roll this out. Now with the, the school suspensions and closures and, uh, you know, this COVID-19 that's, that's upon us, my husband works in healthcare and he's a manager at the St. Anne's Hospital here. And, you know, we we're just having a discussion over the weekend about how this is actually going to impact, you know, the communities and workplaces. And it's not like, it's not a little thing and instantly kind of came to my mind, right. This thing that I've been working on for over a year, I'm like, this is the time to be able to roll something out like this. People are needing something that they can, you know, help alleviate that stress and, and our children, you know, are ultimately our most you know, valuable possessions that we have, but we also need to, to go out to work, to provide for our families, you know, to keep everybody, including healthcare workers, they're keeping everyone safe. Like they're working on these front lines. And so, I just had this uh, you know, big desire to, to push, this, push this forward because the need right now is so great. It kind of went from a, a commodity idea to be able to connect these, um, you know, the, like I said, these little disconnects kind of in, in the system, connecting when, where families actually need it it's around their time and their schedule to uh, a real need at, at the moment.
1: Okay, so this app is basically going to coordinate childcare. Now, is this just for the, the Steinbach area, Jill, or uh, would this be throughout southern Manitoba? What are the parameters of this?
3: Yeah, so the, the beautiful thing about this is there's no parameters. So we're actually, um, Due North Systems, that uh, James Warren at Dunor North Systems uh, is the brains behind the, the technology and, and his team. Um, and we're actually they're actually based right here in, in Winnipeg. Um, I just live outside of Steinbach, and so we are hoping to um, immediately address the situation here in, in Winnipeg and surrounding areas. We have made the system, I say we, James and his team, have made this program and system available so that we can honestly um, reach across
1: Canada. So uh, what would the system, uh, register those who want to provide daycare, as well as those who need it. And and what are the safety checks and balances that it uh, would have to go through this as well, Jill?
3: Yes, absolutely. So um, those safety checks and balances are, you know, on our our um, the forefront of our minds. Right, being a mom myself, um, and needing needing childcare and providing it. I know those those safety measures measures need to be there. So. Um, this is open to um, any kind of either organization that's already out there that's providing child care. Um, so, you know, they would already have in, in place their um, abuse registry, the criminal record checks, you know, first aid. We are also opening it up to those home-based um, daycare facilities as well. Um, you know, everyone has to follow those, um, those uh like those guidelines and everything that's been been put into place. And so um, for an individual who's wanting to provide the care, they will need to provide us with those documentations and to be able to have proof that they um, follow those legalities as well as the, you know, child to provider ratio as well. Um, Our software is actually going to be able to kind of combat that one. Like there, you know, there's only so many children, you know, under the age of one and, you know, the, the school-age children, so we have all that um, put into place as well. The one issue that will be um, that will kind of come into play if people um, haven't had like an up-to-date because really the child abuse registry, you know, it's really honestly good for that day that they can they can prove that they have their their registry. Um, but being able to uh, show that they are you know in good standing in that. Um, you know their references. They're going to have access to all that. Parents who come onto the system uh, to be able to choose and make sure that um, you know it is ultimately their choice, as in you know, uh, like it always has been, uh, to be able to place your child in care. But we are doing our utmost best to make sure that most of those um, things that need to be vetted will be there and already in place.
1: Right, because never has this been more important than when we have hundreds, and I don't think I'd be exaggerating if I said thousands of parents who are absolutely desperate uh with the the schools closing down for three weeks starting on on Monday and, and there might be even some of those who have already chosen to have their kids out of school
3: absolutely and you know case in point for me as well I have almost half of my kids that are home today because you know they have a little bit of you know what's called now like the common cold right. um, and we can't send them we can't send them out right so, you know, we're already seeing that. And, um, you know, I, I am lucky enough to be able to be at home and be able to, uh, you know, do a few things working at home right now, but not everybody has that, um, that luxury and that opportunity.
1: Right. So Jill, uh, Gruninger, uh, who is a, uh, a Steinbeck, uh, mom of eight. So uh, you've you, you've probably seen it all and done it all, although in this particular instance with COVID-19, it's probably a first. But this app, that you have you launched it? Is it up and running already? And uh, what will it be called, Jill, for those uh, listeners who are scrambling to get a pen and a piece of paper right now and take down any pertinent information?
3: Right, absolutely. So it's going to be called O-Pair Child Care. So it's actually O-H-P-A-I-R. Playing off of the French au pair for um, you know taking care of children, and right now um, we have just been isolating all the domains and getting up the the Facebook and the website to be able to connect our our backend. Um, So we should be rolling all that out um, today (laughs) is where we can be looking for it. So we actually will be running some ads and campaigns on Facebook as well. So. And I'll be doing a personal post as well on Facebook through my personal page, making it easy to share um, and get the word out there. So as of right now, if you know, if I sent you to au pairchildcare.ca, um, it's being hooked up to our to our back-end system as we speak.
1: I hope it's a big system. I have a hunch you're going to have lots of reaction and, and lots of people inquiring about this.
3: Yeah, you know what, we hope so. We want to just be able to alleviate that stress. And again, as, as a parent, um, you know, we've never had to really – have this level of, of stress put on us in, in this type of situation, right? This is new for everybody. So, you know, if we can help in in some small way, then, um, you know, it, it's a win for everyone.
1: And and just so that we are being clear here, this is not uh, uh, a being set up for the Jill Gruninger to Hawaii vacation, not that you could fly there right now anyway, but <laughs> <Absolutely>, <laughs> this, <yeah. laughs> this, this is being done as a compassionate and And caring citizen of our society, nothing's being gained here,
3: yeah, so right now, um again, kind of like the year ago, it was um more to be set up as that uh, like a luxury service. um we are uh, offering free um enrollments for the child care providers and for our families um here for this uh, first month. We will be rolling out to cover our basic um, frontline costs. Like I will be one of the people who will be accepting phone calls and, and connections because we're going to be working at about a 90% um, automated and 10% uh, human run system at the moment so that we don't have that crash of that system. Right. We want everybody to be able to be connected. Um, so we do have a, it's like a subscription in the future. Uh, but right now we wanted to subsidize that for this immediate, COVID-19 um, kind of crisis that we're going through.
1: Right. But you're not like the person that has the 10,000 cases of Lysol in their garage trying to sell it on Amazon.
3: No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> that is Jill Gruninger and the mobile app service to connect parents with daycare providers is called O-Pair, oh P-A-I-R. And if you want to uh, check out opair.ca, we did that interview about three or four hours ago. So it might be up and running by now. Uh, But certainly uh, check it out when you get the opportunity to do so. And I want to correct one thing that I said during that interview. I made reference to schools being closed. Classes are being suspended. I, I know I heard Dr. Brent Rusin, uh make sure that it was categorized that way. Schools are not closing. Classes are being suspended. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available
0: on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.